All right, let's just do it. Wait, wait, wait. What's going on? Is, is this an American Christian thinker broadcast? Are we, are we podcasting some? Yeah, I guess we have to because, sorry, liberals are back at it again. But this time, especially liberal Christians. And there's something that really grinds my gears. Welcome to the American Christian Thinker Podcast, brought to you by The Theology Pit. As Christians, we're called to act and not just sit back. We confront the culture head-on, dealing with social justice warriors, atheists, anti-Christians, cults, and religions. All and any topics will be socially driven. What trends publicly will get attended to publicly. Now, here's your host, Samson Kovac. Yes, thank you very much. Please, thank you for the applause. I mean, I know, I know that it's been a while, but uh, yeah, I really appreciate. No, no, no. Please, please, comment. Thank you, thank you. Um, look, okay. So I haven't done a lot of these recently, and you know, I've just been seeing a lot, of, a lot of things creeping up. Now, of course, I follow uh, liberal sites. I follow liberal uh, Facebook pages. I follow um, liberal blogs. All, all kind, anything that has to do with. Um, you know, just just things that Christians should address, things that Christians should deal with. Um, you know, I, I don't want to spend my entire life, you know, living in liberal land. I don't want to live, you know, where liberals do, because honestly, it's depressing. They are very angry people. They are very depressed people. And normally, they just stick to their illogical atheist rants. I mean, that's generally what I see. It's, it's interesting. If you ever look at... Uh, I, I mean, do this. I mean, just for an experiment. Maybe, uh, you don't even have to do it for a while if you don't want to, because I know it can get annoying. But you know, if you're on Facebook or any type of social media that you use at all, uh, follow or like a whole bunch of liberal pages, and then at the same time, follow and like a whole bunch of atheist pages, and you will see that they are hand in glove, lockstep with each other. I mean, it is the most incredible thing. They back the same politicians. They back the same type of laws. They back the same type of government. They have this kind of, and it, it really just doesn't matter. Atheism and liberalism and socialism and communism are all part of the same thing. Okay, they all worship the state. All right, even though atheists are like, we don't worship anything. Yeah, well, please, whatever. You know, we, we've demonstrated that you obviously do. Um, and the state is the next best thing because you see them all and they also criticize all the same things in just about all the same ways. And usually, you know, I just let it go because I'm like, look, okay, that's just how it is. And the American Christian Thinker podcast is not dealing with, you know, um, the, the main idiocy uh, associating between liberalism and atheism, even though that's just abundant. I I think it's just clear to everybody, but I guess a lot of people miss that. Uh, but what they've started doing, I notice, is they've started making a shift. So the liberals are now making the shift towards Christianity. And I mean, this has been going on like slowly for a time period, but they've really ramped it up. And one of the places that they've ramped it up is a, a, an online media rag blog, I call it, um, known as Medium, M-E-D-I-U-M.com, Medium. And basically what this is, is this is a blog site for liberals to out-liberal each other. And I mean, it's funny to watch because even in the comments, like they try to out-liberal each other in the comments. And I just, I, I mean, I can't help but find it hilarious half the time. But their posts um, are uh, a lot of times just they get nonsensical. And uh, recently, I've noticed a huge trend because once you, you know, once you kind of um, 
I don't know if sign in or sign up. I forget how I got on their email, but I get on their email and they send you like, hey, here's our editor's picks. Here's our tops. Here's, you know, all this stuff. And usually it's like, you know, socialism is great. And, you know, Venezuela is not what we're talking about. But um, over the last couple of emails I've gotten from them of editor picks and like top posts and stuff like that, it's all been uh, how Christianity is socialist liberal. That seems to be the main theme. Now, nothing is titled like that. Don't go looking for that title. But that's the main theme. So they get people on who are, you know, either Christians or former Christians. And theologically, however you want to debate that, doesn't matter. But people who claim to have once been Christian and aren't Christian anymore. And then talk about how Christianity sucks and how they got away from Christian and how they're just spiritual now. Um, and, and I'm using air quotes here while I'm I'm talking when I say spiritual. Um uh, but so so they so uh, it just seems like the last couple emails I've got have dealt with that. So every now and again, I'll get on there and I'll read one of them, and I don't know why. It just drives me crazy, but I don't know why I do it, but I do. And so one came up, and it's by um, this guy named uh, Reverend Doctor William J. Barber II. Okay, he is president of Repairs of the Breach, co-chair of the Poor People's Campaign, a national call for more revival, and author of the third reconstruction. Okay, so what this tells me about this guy is, number one, um, okay, I'm not doubting whether or not he's a Christian. I'm not going to go there. Okay, what I'm going to say is the stuff that he's going to say in here, um, I find it to be biblically problematic, just from a, an exegetical standpoint, all right? Which means, you know, getting out what, you know, something is saying, like reading, you know, understanding what it's saying. Eisegetical is reading into it. Exegetical is reading out from it. Um, but you look at, like, you know, a title of, of, of his book, The Third Reconstruction. Well, if you know what Reconstruction Era is, um, you know, after uh, the Civil War, and then you had, um, you know, the Jim Crow laws that came back in. This is somebody who probably loved the book, um, you know, The New Jim Crow, which I'm um, reading through right now, which is heartrendingly stupid and, and, and bad. I mean, it's everything is racist. Everything is racist. Doesn't even matter. I'm sure if I picked up a, a physical copy of it, it would, it would probably have, like, you know, a... Um, I don't know, like a, like a parchment type background with you know gray letters on it because it didn't it wouldn't want to be a black and white thing or whatever. I mean, it's like it's inkblot racist that you know um, they're getting a lot of their information from to to put it together. Anyways, I see something like Third Reconstruction and I almost see my brain because my eyes roll back in my head like that bad. Now, when he looks at like you know repairs of the breach and the co-chair of the Poor People's Campaign, you know more revival and stuff like that, I'm sure that all of of that is very legit and it's something that you know it's probably very heartfelt and something that he's doing and he's trying to actually help people i'm not going to knock him for that god bless i think more people should be doing that whether you are a liberal or whether you are a conservative christian you should be serving other people and helping now having said that my disagreement is the way you go about doing that if you come to me and put a gun to my head and steal my wallet to go feed the homeless, you are not a righteous person, okay? That is not Christianity. That is not what you are to do. That is what liberals think you should do, okay? Now, of course, liberals hate guns. Nobody should have a gun because, you know, we're a liberal and nobody should have it. Oh, except for the government, 
the government that we then want to control and use their power to have them put guns to your head. So it's not me putting guns to your head. They're putting guns to your head, taking your money, and I'm telling them where I think it should go into social programs. So technically I'm not taking your money and technically I'm not holding a gun to your head, but that's socialism in a nutshell. And what... Reverend Dr. Barber is trying to do here is trying to say that that is Christianity in his uh, article that he wrote, The Hijacking of Evangelicalism. And you know this is going to be a, a great one because he, he came up with some uh, some clever terms. Uh, Trump-vangelicals. That's right. Trump-vangelicals. These are evangelicals that you know, follow Donald Trump and do all this stuff. Okay, look. Not all evangelicals follow Donald Trump, all right? The reason why Donald Trump got elected is because, number one, you Democrats, you liberals, you socialists wanted him to run against Hillary Clinton, okay? Conservatives did not want him. Not saying I'm not glad he's there now. I'm just saying that conservatives did not want, okay, Donald Trump to run. That's, that's just a fact, okay? Most Republicans did not want Donald Trump to run. But the liberal media said, no, he can do that, and, and we'll have him run because he'll get slaughtered. And they thought, you know what? If Donald Trump runs for president, anybody can beat him. There's nobody worse. Oh, except they did find the one person worse than Donald Trump that the American people hated, and that was Hillary Clinton. So, Democrats, liberal Democrats, actually got Donald Trump elected, who, at best, I mean, he's a New York Republican, you know, so you could say he's, he's just a Democrat, okay? But they're communists, they're socialists, so they even hate Democrats nowadays. All right, so, you know, we have a, you know, what would be called a blue dog Democrat, from the from the Reagan era, who's president now? I'm totally fine with that, and I'm actually glad, in a way. Hindsight, looking back, I'm like, you know what? Donald Trump is kind of what we need right now. So, um, just because you're white evangelical, you know, Protestant, does not mean that you voted for Donald Trump because you worship Donald Trump, like you liberal Christians actually worship Barack Obama and worship Hillary Clinton and worship the state and the other things. Your uh, your your salvation, your um, within society, your societal salvation, you do not turn to Christ. You turn to the state. You turn to the government. That is your idol. Okay, that is your God. That is where you turn to for help. All right? We all know that. I mean, I'm just reiterating some things to kind of set this up. So anyways, he is, his article here is just whining about Brett Kavanaugh replacing uh, Justice Kennedy on the Supreme Court. Okay? And and, you know, he just like goes on and on about this and saying that, yeah, all these, you know, Christians are having this victory lap because, you know, um, they're going to uh, overturn uh, Roe v. Wade and like, you know, all this stuff. And he goes through, you know, a lot of things about what the word gospel means and, um, you know, that evangel or, uh, you know, uh, evangelion or evangelion is, is the Greek for, you know, um, uh, the good news, somebody that brings the good news. Okay. Evangel, where we get the angel messenger comes from evangel. Um, but the way he defines it, he says in Matthew's gospel, I'm quoting here, the in Matthew's gospel, the Greek evangel only occurs in connection to justice for the poor righteous righteousness healing society and treating others well that's all it's about and i'm sitting here going no the good news is of jesus christ himself the messiah the one who has come to 
um, you know, right the wrongs. Healing every sickness and every disease, Matthew uh, 4.23, is dealing with, with the resurrection promise, with, with removing sin and death. Okay, this is not, and this is where liberation theology comes into place, that everybody either has to be, you know, it, it seems that liberation theology in South America, at least where it's being played out constantly, is that everybody has to be miserable and everybody has to be poor, and then everybody's equal, uh, rather than the other way that, you know, there should be like, you know, prosperity and, and that's sort of things. But anyways, um, he says this, and people have been highlighting this, and this is what's great about Medium, is that medium.com, is that you can go there and you can look through an article, and if you just want to glance through it real quick, you can read where other people have highlighted it and how many people have, and you get like this top highlight type thing, okay? So uh, what he is saying is that um, religion, okay, Christianity, uh, it's not, you know, to be, I guess, uh, understood outside of liberation theology and social justice because in the 19th century, uh, slave owners used Christianity to keep slaves in their place. Like, that's it. Like, he has no understanding of, uh, of, of Christian history. I'm, and I'm, and I'm saying that charitably, I'm not saying that to knock his education at all. Okay. Because the only other option is that he is either willfully ignorant and being malicious. Okay. I, I don't want to say that. I don't want to say that he, this is an intentional liar that I'm reading. I'm going to say that he just doesn't know any better. He obviously doesn't know uh, the history of it, or he has just read like some Howard Zinn type history and revisionist history and then say, oh, okay, that's, you know, that's what this is because he even says, you know, uh, this is the myth of one nation under God that today's spokesmen for evangelical, uh, evangelicalism preach over and against the roots of our tradition. So then I'm going to read this next paragraph to you to set up the one that's that's highlighted. If you pay attention to their words, these preachers who claim to represent Jesus do not quote Jesus to defend their positions. They do not try to claim that Jesus, who started free health clinics everywhere he went, would want to take health care away from millions of Americans. They do not say Jesus would pit Americans against immigrants. They never quote the one who said the last shall be first to defend their policies of America first. For all of their appeal to the people who claim to love Jesus, they tend to shy away from what Jesus actually said. Okay, so let's deal with that then, uh, Rev. All right, let's, let's talk about this here. You say that Jesus, who started free health clinics everywhere he went, where do you even get that from? Do you get that from the miraculous healings? Hey, here's a little biblical exegesis for you, okay? In in the Gospel of John, I think it's in chapter 5. I don't have it in front of me. I'm kind of doing this off the cuff here. Um, in chapter 5, uh, he, you know, goes to where the, the Pool of Bethesda is, and you have the man there who has been, um, you know, a cripple for like 30 years. And, you know, they ask him, why are you a cripple? And, you know, or you know, whatever. And he's like, well, because when the angels come down to stir up the water, this is all, you know, variants. Some, some of the stuff's a variant too, but I'm just going to, you know, talk it out. When an angel comes and stirs up the water, I have no one to carry me in so that I can get healed. Somebody else always gets in first. Okay. And Jesus says, you know, uh, Jesus heals him. All right. You know, so he, he takes up his bed and he walks and, you know, he leaves and all that stuff. Now here's the question. 
Okay, the Jesus that started free health clinics everywhere. Why did he only heal that man? Okay, if the problem that man was having was that there were so many people around that when this miracle occurred with the water, he couldn't get there in time because there were so many other people that got there before. How many people did Jesus step over to get to that man? He was not setting up free healthcare clinics. Okay, this is to this is to establish who he was, that he was a messenger from God. Okay, he is saying, look, all right, if you go back into the Old Testament in the Deuteronomy and you look at what are the prerequisites, you know, for someone to be a prophet, for some, you know, for someone to be um, uh, a messenger for God, speaking of a prophet, one of them is that they have to perform a miracle, not something that people, you know, not sleight of hand magic or anything like that, but like, you know, signs in the skies they give as an, as an example, okay? And then you're to listen to their message. And if they say to you, hey, let's go to such and such a place and worship some other god, you're not to listen to them, even if they did that miracle, okay? They have to remain orthodox, all right? So Jesus, staying true to the Old Testament, establishes himself as a prophet sent from God through a miraculous sign in which you are to listen to him, Okay, that is what's going on here. He is not going in and setting up a free healthcare clinic, all right, everywhere he went, all right. He is not saying, you know, take healthcare away from millions of Americans. Well, gee, you didn't have that problem eight years ago, you know, when Barack Obama and the Democrats, who had a super majority in Congress and could do anything that they wanted, took healthcare away from millions and millions of Americans so that they would then have to go and find new healthcare that was more expensive that they might not be able to afford in order to get them into a type of economic uh, slavery to the government, which was trying to control one sixth of the economy, which is the healthcare system. Okay. They, so, so what you're doing is you're saying that, look, um, we went in and we broke your leg and gave you the crutches. Okay. And not only the crutches, no, we didn't give you the crutches. We broke your leg and then made you get in a wheelchair and refuse to allow you to walk so your heel, so your leg, after it was healed, would not be strong enough to carry your weight anymore. And we're coming in and saying, hey, you know what? Take the wheelchair away. Let people get strong enough to walk on their own. And you're screaming that we want to take all wheelchairs away. That's what's going on here. Okay, that is not Christianity. That's not, that's not even close to what, what this is talking about, okay? They, they do not say Jesus would put pit Americans against immigrants. Nobody's doing that. Illegal immigration is illegal immigration, okay? Legal and illegal are two different words. That's why they're spelled differently. That's why they have different connotations, all right? So that means that when we say illegal and you say, you know, illegal and you just say immigrants and we're like no illegal immigrants okay there's they're two completely different things so you're disingenuous all right i almost want to say you're a liar for doing that for for making that 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 false dichotomy there okay and the first shall be last last shall be first you know that was in a, a completely different subject that has nothing to do with um, you know uh, watching out for your country in geopolitical economics. Okay, that you know actually caring about 
you know, the benefit of your country. Now, remember, as Christians in America, we are the kings. We are the authority. We the people. It's us. It is our responsibility to care about our nation as it would be a king or an emperor or some other government in some other country. It's their responsibility to actually care about that. Okay. So no, so we have to care about America first because we are caring about Americans first. This is our country. This is our responsibility. Okay. Show me where kings in the Old Testament or New Testament, show me where emperors are not to care about their countries. And tell me where they are not to have authority given by God. Romans 13. That tells us that Americans, we were placed here by God, okay? Because we the people have the authority. We have the power of the sword. We have the authority in our country. And Romans 13 says that we were put here by God. And we are that authority. And we are to be obeyed. And not only that, but if you do not obey us, if you do not obey that, if you go against it, you are going against the will of God. Read Romans 13. I think it's like 1 through 7. All right? It's very, very clear. Read it understanding that the American people actually are the rulers. Okay? Here's the highlighted point. Now, real evangelical Christians should be holding a fusion I don't know what that means, a fusion and biblical critique of Judge Kavanaugh asking how we will seek justice for historically marginalized people, those whom the Bible calls least of these, which the Bible doesn't call them the least of these. Uh, Actually, I think if I'm remembering right, Jesus called children the least of these. You know, liberals, the ones that you like to murder in their mother's womb? Yeah, those ones. Okay, that's where this is coming from. So these marginalized people who, you know, biblically would be children that you like to murder, but you say here that they are women. The millions of sick people in our nation, workers, LGBTQ people and their families, communities of color, and poor people who are threatened by voter suppression. No, that is not what the least of these is in that section. You're lying. You're making this up. You, this is, I mean, this is horrible. To do this to the word of God, what is wrong with you? You know, I mean, understanding that, um, you know, to take the Lord's name in vain, the second commandment is to say that God said something that he didn't say. And that's exactly what you're doing right here. Okay, you are saying that God said something that he didn't say, that the least of these are women. I noticed that, like, you know, middle-aged white men certainly aren't in there. I guess those aren't the the least of us, Um, you know, or, you know, men of any, you know, in general here. But um, but women's millions of sick people in our nation, okay, and, uh, you know, workers, workers. Workers? What do you mean workers? How is that even fitting in there? It's like you're, you're slapping it in there. What that means is that all liberal ideologies and politics, that's what it is. That everything that socialism and communism is wrapped up in itself, if you don't agree with it, then that's who we are saying that Jesus means by the least of these and you don't believe in Jesus. Okay, that's a load of crap. So let's, uh, real quickly, I'm going to run through a lot of these things. I'm going to do it backwards here. Uh, voter suppression. Yeah, you know how you suppress a vote, you allow people who are not allowed to vote to vote, or people who can vote, vote many times by not ensuring that you actually have a fair democratic process that is used within our representative republic, not in our democracy. 
that that is actually voter suppression because you are suppressing the vote, not just asking for IDs. We can get into the whole thing about, you know, um, uh, people who have felony charges not being able to vote. That's another pet peeve of mine, uh, but we can do that. Uh, communities of color and poor people. They're not the ones that are uh, threatened by voter suppression, okay? Actually, it seems that the conservatives are because the liberals are the ones out there doing voter fraud, which actually suppresses the conservative vote. They are the ones being suppressed. LGBTQ people and their families? What? What are you even talking about there, okay? That is not at least these things, all right? I've said this before. With the whole marriage issue before, you know, um, the, the Supreme Court, like, ruled on that with, I, I believe it was uh, 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 Lena Kagan who shouldn't have been, uh, you know, ruling on that case because she's the one who, you know, helped bring that case to the Supreme Court before she was put on it, um, that I've said it before and I'll say it again. Uh, number one, I don't think that uh, marriage should be a government-instituted thing. It never was until, I think, the 1950s. 50s, whenever, you know, liberals didn't want black people marrying white people, like that's why it's instituted like that. Okay. And so, um, because of that, I hate to break it to you, but anybody of any sexual orientation can marry anybody else of any other sexual orientation who is of the opposite sex of them. Nothing illegal about that whatsoever. All right. So that's a stupid argument. Workers. What do you mean workers? Oh, oh, you mean unions? You mean that it, it's totally within the biblical mandate to force people to give you money for the privilege of working so that they can use that money to elect people that will allow them to garnish more of your wages for their own benefit? Yeah, that sounds right. Okay. How about the millions of sick people in this nation? All right. No, don't ruin health care. There's a long history of why you know the health care system is as jacked up as it is. And I'll tell you what, whenever you get the government involved, it doesn't straighten it out. It never does. Okay? And then women. All right, this is code for abortion. I want the right to murder my children. Okay? I want to be able to murder babies. That's what they're talking about when they say women. Okay? Because there, there's not. I mean, you show me on the laws right now, okay, where these people are, you know, marginalized today. All right, because here's another thing that, that people just don't seem to realize, though. Um, when it comes to, like, slavery, uh, when it comes to, you know, women's rights and, like, those sort of things, uh, Christians have been at the forefront of it, just like they're at the forefront of abortion today. And you know what? I hope Roe v. Wade gets overturned. I really do. Because it is ridiculous that we are murdering that many Americans. And if you really even cared, and, th and this reverend here is black, and if you even really cared about black people, maybe you would want to try and eliminate the one thing in America that is killing more black people than anything else. I think somebody said it's somewhere around like, you know, 6,000 people a day or something are killed or murdered through abortion. And the majority of them are black. I think the black percentage in America is like, 11 or 12 percent, which is roughly what it was whenever Roe v. Wade was instated. And there was something, there's been something like 50 to 60 million people who have been murdered by it. If you even took that and said, hey, even like, you know, half of those are uh, African Americans. Well, there you go. Okay. You now have African Americans. You you have, what is it like, um, you, know, you know, 30 million, at least say 40 million less African-Americans in this country. All right, so you take that 10% of them being African-American, all right, from the 300 million, and that's like, you know, what, like 30 million that's here? Oh, add another 30 million to that. Look at that. That's called genocide. 
Yeah, talk about being woke. All right, so you know, thank you very much, uh, Reverend Doctor William J. Barber the um, second. This is this is quite hilarious in in what you've written, but this is extremely bad. This is not. This does not seem to be uh, Christianity in ever any sense of the ter- the word. Um, this is this is social ju- justice activism that is using Christianity as a means. I'm not saying that. Um, you know, uh, super conservative Christians are correct in the way that they're understanding the Bible or, you know, however they're doing it either. But what I am saying is that this is an error. And this has been today's act.